Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. You know, you can imagine... We talk about Michael Ash and, and Bruce Lindsay being legends. Well, you know, we'd only seen blokes like Dermot Burton and Jason Dunstall and Tony Lockett on TV. You'd never, you know, dream that you're going to be playing against them, you know, in six months' time. So we just needed to make sure that physically we were ready. And, and I guess initially we, we probably didn't challenge, you know, some of those big teams with some of those star players, you know, consistently. But over time and, you know, when we realised that, you know, we were good enough and we did have what it takes and then mentally we're able to do it consistently and get some good results. I think a part of that too was back then you played at Windy Hill, Victoria Park, Moorabbin and mm. you know, mm. I think that played a f- fairly big part. Now Vix, you debuted against Eston at Windy Hill? Yeah, that's right. It, it was a game it was actually the Crows' first game in Melbourne because I think we played round one was Hawthorne was a yeah, win, round, round two, two was Sydney, round three was back to um, yeah, so back I think Sydney, then Carlton, then round four was was our first game in Melbourne against uh, Essendon, and and it was blowing a gale, and 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 Kevin Sheedy famously had tied down the wind so yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to work out, um, you know, which way the wind was blowing, and and we had there's this great story with Neil Curley where we got to the ground and we were ushered to, you know, Knuckles is at the front, he was the team manager, and he said, "Where's our change rooms?" and they sort of took us through sort of under the grandstand to these rooms and, and North Melbourne were the, playing the reserve game before us against Essendon and we were using the same change rooms and they were very sort of primitive, just like a sandful change room, you know, yep. big square room with, you know, 40 hooks on the wall and all the North Melbourne players had, you know, their bag in front of a hook with all their play, with their clothes hanging on the hook with their shoes tucked underneath and Curls walked in and they said, here's your room and he said, well, North Melbourne, they've got all these clothes in there. He said, no, nah, sh- you're sharing it with them. So Neil said, <laughs> bloody bullshit, we're sharing it. And he literally just walked around and grabbed everyone's clothes, everyone's shoes, everyone's bag, and threw it up into a corner. So there was this massive pile of everything in the corner. And he said, okay, boys, grab yourself a hook. This is our room now. And as we were running out to go onto the ground, so North Melbourne was sort of waiting for us to come out of the room. And as we were sort of going in the race, you could hear North Melbourne saying, what the hell? You know, they'd walk into the room and all there was, was, all of their clothes were in this giant pile in the corner of the room, just stacked in a heap. So um, I'm not sure how that went down, but sort of we were out on the oval, so we didn't have to deal with that. But that was Newton's mentality. He was very combative and he thought that we deserved our own change rooms and, and you know, people had paid their money to come watch, you know, the, the, the main game, which was Adelaide v Essendon, not to watch the North Melbourne Reserve. Yeah. So he had yeah. no qualms at all, but just throwing all their stuff to one side. Well, this is the second story we've heard about Knuckles getting rid of uh, uh, the reserves' uh, uh, clothes and bags. Uh, we had a story from uh, Victoria Park where he um, decided to uh, throw the, the bags out of the door for you guys. So maybe he's, maybe he's done more work um, uh, instead of the, the coaching box. He was uh, ushering more and more players' <laughs> gear out of the door. Done well. No, look, Neil, Neil was great to have. Uh, around the place and, and you know obviously you know with his passing um, you know it does make you appreciate you hear all the great stories Sportscast SA presents Game On Game On 
South Australian's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. And welcome to Game On. Uh, once again, joined by Malcolm in the studio. And uh, Mark Bickley, last week, uh, thanks for his time, but it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, as always, Bix, very studious, very thoughtful. Fantastic giving him his time and really you know, thought about each question and answered it specifically and in quite detailed. No, he was great. Uh, he talked about, obviously, playing at some of those suburban Victorian grounds. I mean, we, we're spoilt here in SA. We do have some pretty good grounds, but, you know, some of the iconic grounds like Windy Hill, Victoria Park, down at Moorabbin, um, you know, to, for, for the SNFL players to experience that, obviously, before they've changed it, obviously, to the main grounds in Melbourne is, is, is a good thing. Oh, and it was certainly a hell of a lot harder. Yeah. As, a, as a visiting side compared to nowadays. And it's great to see the AFLW starting to come back to those grounds yes. and actually sort of incorporate, you know, those home clubs back into it as well. Yeah, so, playing at Victoria Park, playing at Princess Park, our terms or, and yep. whatever grounds they're called now. Yeah, well, sponsorship dollars yeah. are certainly well, yeah. well and truly part and parcel of it. Yep. But, uh, no, thanks to Mark Bickley and giving us some really good insight into the early days of the Crows and obviously his time in the SNFL as well. Very much so. Around the Grounds. And today, mate, in the Around the Grounds, we're going to have a little bit of a look at the baseball, uh, Adelaide United in the soccer. It's getting to the business end of the uh, gridiron over in America there, but we're going to start off with the cricket, mate. Uh, BBL 12, a uh, bit of a wrap. It's, you know, it is looked for a while out now that Perth, Perth Scorchers and Sydney Sixers being the two best sides. A bit bizarrely that Adelaide beat Sydney Sixers two of the first three games. Yep. Um, you know, but they do look the best two teams. But let's wait and see. Hurricane snuck in after yeah. a bit of a calamity of errors, really, in that last game. Zampa dropping a couple of catches that he probably should have taken. And and Brisbane stuffed up the run chase. Look, you, you know, let's be honest, that was... Another country where there'd be match-fixing claims going on was that bad by both sides. Potentially, you might be right. What what went wrong for the, the strikers? I mean, you know, it's a season where they give good hope at the beginning. They started off like a house on fire, and you thought, okay, we've just got to maintain the rage a little bit. But it fell apart a little bit sooner than we'd hoped. You were along the first three games, and you could see the plan in place quite particularly, very meticulous, every ball, and thinking, geez, how good's this? And then to fall away for the absolute rabble, you know, which it was the last few games and last Friday night where amazingly this, the stadium management authority managed to be worse than the, what we were on ground. Mm-hmm. And the, they closed the bar as the winning four was out. The bar was absolutely packed. Licensed to print money and you closed the bar when the staff were rostered on and it's not like you've got the ke- yep. the kegs are tapped. Yep. Uh, you know, you're only taking cards, so it's not that side of things. Bizarre. Obviously, the game finished a little bit earlier than yeah. everybody had anticipated. So, you know, was there, was, as well. there was time oh, there as well. Crazy. Very interesting, especially when you messaged me about that. I was like, oh. well, hang on, what's going on there? That doesn't make sense. And, you know, I'm obviously I'm assuming that not only the stadium authority is getting some money for that, but the strikers and, 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 just, the, and the cricket association are going to get some as well, soccer as well. It's just ridiculous. It is. And as we got, you know, there were things there, you know, in terms of bizarre, that you bowl a team out for 15. Yes. Chase 230. Which is a BBL record. And still managed to miss finals. It's it's that inconsistency oh, that yeah. is plaguing not only uh, the, the strikers, but a few other teams that are going around the place at the moment. Um, you're right. Uh, bowling a team out for 15. And oh, you, you're like, everything's going right here and... and and going really, really on the right track to, to be in the finals once again. And then to chase 230 in a game that, you know, they probably oh. weren't expected to win, especially at the innings break. No. Um, and, and 210 would have been pretty good to chase, but 230 was exceptional. And, yeah, you're right, we don't make the finals. What What is missing? And walking out of Adelaide Oval that night, 
and it was unusual because it was a 2020 game you actually got pumped and got involved in. Yes. Not the traditional 2020 of just have a chat to your mates and all that. Yep. And, yeah, to then bomb out from there, bitterly disappointing to say the least. I think there'd be a few Strikers fans that would certainly be disappointed with uh, the season so far or mm. season thus far. Um, but, yeah, it's going to make for an interesting final series. But, once again, it has gone a little bit longer than oh. <laughs> than you would have hoped. Um do you see changes coming about next year? I think it's 13 less games in the next TV rights deal, which has already been signed off. So at least that is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, it's quite crazy as a cricket nut that you do lose interest in it before the end. Yeah, you know, It's longer than an episode of Blue Hills and you know, seems like home and away it's still going. Yeah. McGrath, we got some news today that she's done pretty well and earned herself a... A good reward, I suppose, for her efforts in 2022. Yeah, making the team of the year. She's had a very good year, particularly in India. Yes. That was probably the the you know the signing off of her internationally. She averaged 70-odd in India. And, of course, captaining the uh, Lady Strikers to, yes. to the to the, to the win. win. Yep. Feels weird as a South Australian cricket supporter saying, saying those words. And but, that was yeah. a fantastic game too. I mean, oh. we go back to that uh, a couple of months ago and – Geez, we were up and off of our seat that night going, you know, that, yeah, that they may have, yeah. they have may have missed the opportunity in the semi that we were watching at the time and uh, they got through that and then uh, the young lady who I, I num- named... Bridget Patterson. That's the one. Um, had uh, a little bit of trouble in a couple of game, big games and she came to the fore and oh, really, yeah. really hit the winning runs and well-deserved. Yeah. And as then well. in the final, it looked like the change of innings, nowhere near enough and then all of a sudden... Healy, uh, Gardner, Perry was still in. There was one at the other the other gun. Um, we're all out. Yep. We're out. And they were three for eight. So suddenly, hey, we're right in this. Yes. And just kept consistently taking wickets um, to knock them over, which was huge. And we've talked about it once before. You know, Karen Rolton Oval was really that perfect setting, oh. um, you know, for watching uh, cricket at that level. Um, not only uh, local club level, but also you know some internationals as well. The mail is the far side is going to be worked on that there will be to get rid of that mound and and have seating there is the word. Okay, it's got around. Uh, I did hear when I was there to watch the Scorpions. Yep, the ladies' side plan Saturday, so yep. hopefully that comes to fruition. I mean, it was a, a ground that was sort of built, you know, for that boutique stadium type feel, and you know, you bring your deck chairs, you know, you bring your rugs, yeah. you sit on the on the hill a little bit and watch some cricket. But yeah, some seating would be, you know, sort of a great addition. I'd rather play Shield games there to be at the last yes. Shield game at Adelaide yes. Oval, and there were thirty eight people there on the last day. I think Shield might as well just play them all at Karen Rolton. Yep. Uh, maybe some deal with the stadium authority that requires so many matches yeah. there, but maybe it can be worked yeah, out. I mean, charging ten dollars to get in, seventeen dollars to park your yeah. car, lunacy as well. Doesn't help. Mm. All right, we move on. Yep. Tennis, mate. We get into the business end of the Australian Open. Yeah, a couple of weeks here in Australia at the moment, uh, over in Melbourne. Yeah, but, geez, the seeds went out early in a few of the uh, the men's and the women's draw, and uh, it really opened up for a few players and. I suppose my my big one was Djokovic v um, Dimonar the other night. Uh, you had high hopes for Dimonar, but yeah. geez, Djokovic just took him apart. Yeah, it was a bit like that Port North Grand Final, one goal in mind in terms of yeah, he just yeah, it, he was it, just way too good. It had all of the hallmarks of a really really good yeah. game. Uh, it looked like Dimonar was up for the fight, but Djokovic almost went to a whole new level and. After in his press conference, obviously, you know, he sort of said that, you know, there was a little bit of back and forth with what had happened the year before. And uh, it's amazing how certain players get up for certain games. It was two all in the first set and then he just absolutely dominated. Again, personally, I think Alex only only stated facts. Yep. I don't think, yeah, I don't think there was anything wrong whatsoever with what Alex said had said the previous year. So anyway, that's my thoughts. Just going back to that match there also, uh, there was too many of the same balls hit from Demonar that didn't change up the game enough. Um, you know, he, he needed to try something a little bit different. I mean, at the stage that Djokovic started to oh. go absolutely berserk and uh, and strike everything in a million miles an hour and with such accuracy, he needed to slow the play down a little bit, 
bit loop. more loopy, uh, a little Play bit more top spin. Yeah. Try Just something. Try something. That's exactly right. And then Djokovic goes along and absolutely belts Rublev last night. One, two, and four, I think it was. I think he's probably, once again, the man to beat. Yeah, and I, I do do think I agree with you. I think Tispasas. Yes, Tispasas, yes. Tispasas is probably the one chance. I was really impressed with Sebastian Corder. Really pushed Djokovic here in Adelaide at the Adelaide International um, and was going along great guns, had a couple of really tough matches and then unfortunately had to withdraw from his quarterfinal match a couple of days ago. And yeah, that was a real disappointment for me because I thought, you know, he's one that may be able to just take Djokovic that little bit further. Sitsipas, he's around the mark as well. He's got Mark Filipousis in his corner. Uh, he's invited Margot Robbie. Who knows, he might get on a bit of a roll. Yeah. Yes. On the women's side of things, it really looks like it's opened up for Victoria Azarenka. It'd be great to see it uh, win you know, a decade apart. Yes. As a mum Mum as well, yeah. That. So that would be you know, fantastic. That's probably my main interest left, actually, personally. Yep. I, I would and hope the men's she doubles. wins it. Yeah. Oh, the men's doubles, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that now as well very, very quickly. Uh, this afternoon, a um, couple of... Aussie Wildcards, yeah. uh, the special K's 2.0. They, they're dubbing them at the moment. Uh, Kubler and Hitchjikata, as Wildcards, win through to the Australian Open men's final. Yeah. Great reward oh, for fantastic. effort too, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I'll certainly, you know, again, it's probably, as an Australian, yeah, fantastic. So I think flipping around also uh, from all the different sports over the last couple of days, every time I've flipped over to the tennis, there's either been the mixed doubles or the doubles where an Australian combination has been re- reasonably deep into the tournament as well. So, yeah, I think we always have done well in the doubles, yeah. regardless of you know what era, um, but we seem to have a new crop coming through as well. Bit of an Australian tradition with doubles, so probably the team side of it. We Yeah, the Davis Cup. You know, we seem to resonate more than most countries. Yeah. I think a lot of tennis players crave out for the team aspect. And, and that's, you know, I think Nick Kyrgios is probably, as much as anyone in that way, I think he's a person who needs it. Yes, agreed. Uh, but yeah. getting him into that team environment, some issues with Leighton, Dimonas had a little yeah. bit of And then Tommy comes along and says, well, you know, I sort of feel sorry for, for uh, Kyrgios as well. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well because the barbs are going to start flying as well. But... Look, who knows? You're right. It's it's an interesting one because a lot of Australian tennis players, when they do play local club tennis, it's very much about the team aspect. Yeah. Once they go on tour, it's very much about the individual aspect. Yep. So they really look forward to the Davis Cup and, and these team events. Yeah. And we've obviously the Hopman Cup moved from Perth. It's going overseas later in the year. Australia might do all right with that as well. That's true. Yep. All right, mate, we'll move on. Now, the SNFL, round one has been locked in. Yeah, Nord playing the Eagles, the Eagles uh, yeah. at the home of football on the Friday night. Um, geez, those two super sides in Port and the Crows having a game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was going to be my next question as to, you know, is there anything that surprised you in the release of the draw? That's probably question number one. And two, what's probably the game you're most looking forward to? I mean, obviously, as Nord supporters, we're going to say Nord, but is there any others there that, that tickle the fancy? Oh, look. I did have a glimpse. I, I was thinking I, I might go and have a look at the Sturt game on the Saturday as well. Bit of inkling there. But, yeah, obviously he's a Nord man. That's Friday night. But, yeah, oh, look, I think Central's have recruited really well. So, you know, there's a lot of names, so probably a bit of interest there. South Adelaide as well. So, yeah. Yeah, South Adelaide playing Central Districts uh, at home on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and Sturt's an interesting one, I think. Um, Glenelg have got a couple coming back. Obviously, Turner from the the Crows. Sturt look like they've recruited reasonably well as as well. Um, North should do the job against West Adelaide. Probably my surprise for round one was Adelaide and Port Adelaide. That was probably my one surprise. Yeah. Look again. I, I've said it before. All I'd love to know is the financial, actual honesty, whether we do need them in the competition or not. Yeah. That's never. It's all been cloak and dagger, yep. silk screen, things hidden. I think it just needs to be more up front. Nord normally play Port on the Friday night or have done for the last six, seven, eight, nine yeah. years. It's yeah. been been quite a, quite a few years. Going away from that tradition, interesting from the SNFL? Yeah, it's an interesting match-up because um, you know, 
at least therefore it looks like Nord and North will play on Anzac Day, you would think. Yep. Hopefully at Nord. Yep. Um, so, yeah. A lot of respect for the Eagles as a club. Uh, absolutely, and and yeah. I, uh, nothing against so, nothing against the SNFL scheduling. I'm just saying that you know traditionally it's been Norden Port. You usually get yeah. five, six, nine thousand to a to round one game, which is a great way to kick off the season. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit with you. My, my interest is probably with Sturt and Glenelg at uh, at Unley Oval there on a Saturday afternoon, as well as obviously on the Friday night Norden and the uh, Woodville West Orange, the Eagles. Very much. Yep. All right, mate, we'll take a very quick break. When we come back after the break, we'll talk a bit of baseball, a bit of soccer, a bit of gridiron, and a bit of a local legend, Jake Brown, to join us. Breaking the Premier Runs record last weekend, and we'll have Jake on board shortly. Fantastic. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Kick off with the baseball. Yes, the Giants. Go, you Giants. Well, they're in an interesting situation. They, uh, they're they up by 10 or 12 games yeah. midway through the season, and you thought, okay, things are going all right here. They win 12 in a row, which is the ABL record, and you think, you know, things are starting to look up. Uh, they fell in a little bit of a hole. Really needed until the last round to, to get them over the line. But they did it in style. They they really came to the yeah. fore. It looked like everything sort of came together for them. And, uh, yeah, we play a prelim final here uh, this weekend. So, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. And how does it work, therefore, with deciding where the grand yeah. finals play? Um, I believe that's a very good question. I'll need to follow that yeah, one up. As well. Um, I would hope that we probably would get a home final but it may be one of those ones where one year it's south, yeah, s- southern sure. division, next week nor- uh, next yeah. year northern division. But very good question, mate. I will follow that one up. Um, they played Geelong Korea last weekend, winning all three in a, yep. in a clean sweep, which was exactly what the doctor ordered. A uh, lot of positivity coming from the uh, Adelaide Giants, saying that you know a lot of teams don't like coming and playing here in Adelaide. West Beach is a bit of a wind tunnel <laughs> down there. Um, does cause a few teams a bit of grief from time to time. Yep, hopefully it'll work in our favour. Let's uh, let's see how we go and let's get behind them and uh, hopefully we can uh, add to that uh, WBBL trophy uh, as an Adelaide team winning a grand final this year. Hopefully. Mate, we move on to soccer. Yeah, good win by good win by the Reds against MacArthur last week. You know, getting a player sent off early at yes. 18 minute mark to end up winning from there was a and fantastic game by Gucci the goalkeeper. Yep. Geez, he saved a couple of beauties, oh, didn't he? He was sensational. That so. one where the goal was open and he just sort of <laughs> teleported basically to the ball on the line and swatted no. it away. That's that's fan- absolutely fantastic. He looked like tele- telescopic Spider-Man to the rescue. He so. was all over it and uh, it was probably the tough win that they needed to just sort of steady things a little bit because it hadn't been a happy underground for the last three weeks. Yeah, and they've got some big games coming up, so... Yeah, a couple of games against Melbourne City this Sunday at Amy Park, 2.30 for our local listeners, and then Brisbane Raw. So uh, at home, you know, again, tough games. There's no easy games, obviously, yeah. in the A-League, but, you know, you really want to be on the uh, the right side of those games there for sure. Uh, at least that puts them back in the equation. It does. Uh, keeps them around that top four, top five, and gives them an opportunity to launch into the uh, back half of the season in the finals. Right on your speciality, mate. All right, mate. Yeah, we go to the gridiron. Uh, we're we're really starting to fire up towards the business end, a bit like the Australian Open. We're getting to those final couple of spots that are up for grabs. Uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, versus the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a bit of a game of defence versus offence. You know, who who do you back generally, defence or offence? In big games, I back defence. Yeah, yeah. So. And I think that's where the Eagles probably have that little bit of an advantage. But they also are playing at home. Absolutely towered up, I believe, the Cowboys last weekend, which was well and truly needed for them to yeah. shake off a few hoodoos. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. The, the defence of the Eagles will probably win this game. And then in the other semi-final or divisional final, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Your quarterback is generally the most important man in the key player, most yep. gridiron teams or NFL teams. 
famous name, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. A little bit of an ankle injury, trained on it, I believe, today. We'll see what the assessment is, but he's losing one of your star quarterbacks late isn't great. If he's trained on it today, I'd back injections for him to for play. For him to play. Even with that, the, the Chiefs are actually the underdogs when they probably shouldn't be, but it really gets down to the quarterback. So yep. um, I, I'm going to go with if Mahomes plays, they win. So it could be a Chiefs-Eagles final, which will be very, very interesting. Yes, fascinating as always. All right, mate, we'll take another quick break. Once we come back, we'll speak with Jake Brown. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Local Legends. Welcome to our Local Legends series. Today we're joined by Jake Brown, a Kensington cricketer who has broken a pretty special record. Malcolm. Yeah, a bit of trouble if you called him Kensington Gardens. Just Kensington, the Brown, the Browns. The Browns. Ironically, it is Jake Brown. So, congratulations, Jake! You know, incredible achievement: nine thousand five hundred and twelve runs, breaking the record of Wayne Bradbrook last weekend. You certainly had all week and that and all Christmas to sit and think about it, considering that you only needed the four runs to break it. Yeah, go through that side of it of the last few weeks leading up to it, mate. Yeah, there was a little bit of time between it. Uh, I, mean, I needed 34 heading into the Southern Districts game and uh, got to 32 and then and all the Southerns boys knew a fair bit about that and let me know. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I managed to just sort of carve a cut shot to sort of a deep gully and hit uh, Matty Sugg on the chest. He took a pretty good catch. So that was disappointing and there was a chance we were going to get a hit in the second innings, but that didn't eventuate. And um, yeah, then had to wait another week again to... Uh, play against Adelaide. I was very thankful it was a Saturday-Sunday game, so I knew at least I was going to get a hit at some point on the weekend. Okay, let's go through your career a bit more thoroughly in terms of that. Started off at Kenzie when you were 11, so you've certainly been a Ken- you know, Kenzie boy through and through. Winner yes. of three Bradman medals, you know, 13-14, 2013-14, 14-15, 18-19. How does it feel to have the greatest cricketer's uh, name on, on, you know, on a tr- on to look at and just see that mere word, mate. Yeah, that's it, it's uh, quite incredible. Uh, it still uh, blows my mind a little bit now when I think about it. Um, you know, that's the name that you think about whenever you think about batting in a, in Australia and just or even around the world. So it's the most probably the most known name in cricket. So the fact that our medal um, in South Australia is named after the great Sir Donald Bradman, and, and the fact he's also a Kensington yes. player, also means quite a lot too. Yeah, no, you know, thank you, Kensington, Bradman, Clary Grimmer. There's been some incredible names at the Browns over the years. And that go through your, your influences. Understand that uh, Andrew Rumbelow, who, of course, did previously have the Kensington record, that Rumbles has been a pretty big influence on you. Also, John Palmer and, of course, uh, Greg Blewett and the quiet introvert in Dean Warmer. <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh all those guys have had a very uh, big impact on me. Um, probably the one that missed out on that list there was Jamie Pennelly, our leading yes. wicket-taker for Kensington history. Uh, he was actually the person that got me to Kensington. Uh, I was meant to, in my catchment zone, I was meant to go play at Sturt. And Jamie actually spoke to my parents and then got me out to Kensington. So I'm very thankful to him that he did that. And then we got to play cricket together for years. And um, he's also one of my closest friends. And, and same with Johnny Palmer. He's a good mate of mine. And um, yeah, Rumbles was very influential in me getting a contract initially as well with the with the Redbacks. Uh, he was um, working under Rod Marsh in the high performance area, so yep. Rumbles has had a huge impact. And he coached the club as well as well while I was captain. I admit I did have a wander around Parkinson on Sunday and went up the top and see the and obviously I knew the Jamie Pennelly Nets. I, I admit I've got a bit of a beef on the sign up there. It doesn't have anything about Jamie's career. On it. No, it's just no got, I, don't think they, just, I don't think they had enough room. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it needs to be added personally. So, yeah, just oh, a if minor they had point. on underneath, yeah, that would yeah. that would be a really nice touch, actually. Yeah. Yeah, just as a minor point. Now, you've been, played at a very, very successful club. How many flags, Brownie? Uh, three two day premierships, five one day premierships, and we won the inaugural 2020 competition as well. 
What's that? Nine. Nine in total. It's been incredible. And it's it's also fascinating as a minor point as well that Kensington, yet Kensington Gardens as a football club, yes. wound up. Yet Kensington Cricket Club has thrived. Has been the power, you know, consistently now for what probably the last, you know, virtually like don't don't hold the finals unless Kenzie are in it, sort of thing. Um, yeah, and of course you were playing in the grand final, the. Most incredible thing I think I've ever sat watching a game of cricket, the Kensington Uni Grand Final, where the uh, the whole game stopped while that person drove down the steps at uh, Karen Rolton. <laughs> yes, is the yeah, most was... bizarre thing I have ever wow. seen happen. And I, I've got to admit, I was sitting with the Grebers, with uh, Kirsten and uh, Greber, with uh, Liam's parents, and. Uh, we both looked where our cars were parked because we thought it was a car rolling down right. down yes. the steps. And yep. then it's gone over the steps and it, the whole game stopped. All the players have turned and just watching and the noise as it went down it was just – and then the person got out the car, parked and came in and watched. <laughs> they they're, not, they're not small steps either. Oh. Uh, they're, they're huge. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite incredible. We all stopped as, uh, on the ground and um, on, in the change rooms watching and – yeah, the sound it made, I can't believe the car was able to still continue after that, to be honest. I actually thought you were oh. just about to say there was an Uber delivery. Oh, Someone had ordered food on the ground. It was <laughs> unbelievable. The noise is just, yeah, it was. That's unbelievable. Isn't it funny? So we don't yes. talk about, like, it was a close finish. Uni just got up and all that. But anyone catch up now who was there? Geez, how about the car? car. It's not about the cricket. <laughs> yes. So, Brownie, yes, you got the uh, runs with your favourite front foot cut shot as well. It was sort of symbolic of that. Now, I will go back. You made your first class to boo in 2008. Only played five games from 2008 to 2013. No need for you to comment, Jake. But yet again, a South Australian player whose performances demanded far more opportunities, and I'll include Brad Davis and uh, Kelvin Smith in that regard, the ridiculous thing of Chad Sayers taking 300-odd district weeks before he got picked. Always a beef that we look after interstate players well and truly recruits before our own. No need for you to comment, Jake, but it's something I feel really strongly about. And very, as you know, someone who actually goes to Shield cricket, there's one of the 38 who was there on the last day of the last Shield game. <laughs> bumper to bumper it was, mate. Um, just extremely frustrated. So, yeah, I'll... No need for you to say anything there, but yeah. Mate, uh, might just rewind a little bit. Um, junior cricket, where did you start your junior cricket? Was it at Kenzie as well? Uh, no, I, I grew up in the Adelaide Hills. So played some cricket, uh, I think I was eight when I played under 13s at Uraila Cricket Club, played some cricket at Bridgewater as well. And then, yeah, moved made the move down to Kenzie when I was 11. And, and as I said before, Jamie Pennelly was instrumental in getting uh, me to play there. And yeah, that's the greatest thing that happened to my career being involved with Kensington. So yeah, and I've been there ever since I went to Ross Trevor college and I've played school cricket as, as is the requirement, but um, yeah, been at Kenzie ever since I was 11. Also, I will say, Jake's also a pretty accomplished left-hand left medium pacer. Well, that was and my next question. It smacks of again, why he hasn't played, in one day as and this and you know the twenty twenty bit at the start. Yeah. Bloody ridiculous. Mate, uh scoring runs doesn't obviously seem to be a bit of a problem, but you know, do you like turning the arm over a little bit? Yeah, I still I still do somehow at thirty seven. I, I I bowled ten overs in a row on Saturday and that was that was probably not very smart. I paid the price uh, probably until yesterday. I was pretty sore. The body doesn't handle as well anymore. But, yeah, I do. I still really enjoy it. It keeps me involved in the game. I'm being an all-rounder for my whole career, I, I find it hard when I, I can't bowl. So I still do enjoy it. Obviously, results at the moment, uh, we don't quite get them as frequently as we like. You know, how how is Kenzie sitting at the moment? Uh, they're on top of the uh, table. I thought that yeah. might be the case, but I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to ask anyway. Yeah, we're a game clear of West Torrance who are in second, and us and West Torrance have also had the bye so far, so... We're a little bit, bit out, out ahead at the moment. Yeah, it's a bit weird to win a game outright by about ten past twelve, too, mate. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was yeah, quite incredible, actually. It was a strange game Saturday on Saturday. None for sixty, and then all out one hundred and three. So, um, 
No, it was good, and we, we had a good outright win against Tree Gully, which was actually a big shock, a, a little bit of a surprise in that game as well. So we're playing some good cricket at the moment, which is nice. Clearly the boys wanted to get to the bar. Absolutely. Yeah, we uh, managed to... Kenzie, you've always been good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Our I coach, Russell for, Thompson... I did score for Kenzie as a kid, so yes. yes. Okay. Fair enough. Now, our coach, Russell Thompson, gave us the green light to have a few beers on Saturday night, even though we had to front up Sunday, which was very nice of him. Yeah, look, incredible achievement, uh, Brownie. It's something, you know, probably more of the enormity probably sinks in in a few years' time, you know, in, in terms of... And breaking... You know, Wayne Bradbrook is another is a legend of South Australian district cricket. It's probably also a record, in some ways, a bit frustrating because he didn't play more shield cricket. Mm. Um, just, but it's an incredible achievement. And look, go on and uh, good luck in the rest of the year and continuing on and obviously a finals campaign to come this year. And good luck, mate. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate the kind words. Thanks, mate. We might talk to you around finals time, and hopefully you're holding the shield at the end of the uh, end of the season. Yeah, it was good to that see the family good. photo as well, and good to see what the what was in the paper on the Sunday Mail as well, mate. So excellent. excellent. Yeah, I agree. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Thanks mate. You're listening to the Game On podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Mate, we've just had Jake Brown from Kensington Cricket Club. I was going to say Kensington Gardens again. Kensington Cricket Club breaking an all-time record for the soccer, which is fantastic. Oh, look, 9,512 runs. It's nothing to sneeze at. It's a big number, and hopefully Brownie cracks the 10,000. It's probably another year, you know, play on on next year to, to get that. And, you know, he broke Wayne Bradbrook, and Braddles is also, you know, Wayne and Craig, uh, brothers, both systematic with South Australian District Cricket. So, um, yeah, huge achievement, and hopefully he's got a couple more flags to play in. Uh, certainly at the age of uh, District Cricket that uh, you'd say he'd be around for a few more years to probably get that, that record, but we'll see how we go. Hopefully he holds the trophy up, as we mentioned at the end of that, uh, at the end of this year, and uh, cap off a really, really good year for cricket. And, uh, yeah, the Browns are going to be around the mark again. Yep. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Happy Days. Mate, we get into one of my favourite topics for the happy days is obviously happy birthday. We like celebrating a birthday, but today we have a birthday for Jake Saligo from the Adelaide Crows. Yeah, he's a player with plenty of promise and, you know, he's a key player uh, in the Crows' future. Yeah. No doubt about that whatsoever. Midfielder uh, played 16 games in 2022. That, that snuck up on me a little bit when I was researching uh, Jake a little bit today. Uh, I thought he'd been around the 10, maybe 12 game mark, but 16 games in his first year, a pretty good effort, really. Yeah, and look, pretty composed. Yes. It wasn't one to panic as a kid. I think there's huge upside there. Averaging 8.1 kicks, 6.6 handballs, 3.4 tackles in his first year, and capping it off with six goals. Uh, you're right, there is a lot of upside there for him, and... He's probably one of those midfielders that the Crows are sort of uh, calling out for or screaming out for a little bit. Oh, I think so, because he's got to be a class. Yeah. He's above the Crows' traditional honest battlers yeah. in there. Uh, I think he's he's a real key. Uh, certainly look forward to seeing Jake Saligo play uh, this, this season and uh, build on his uh, 2022 form. All right, mate, we move into tennis. Very topical at the moment, but uh, Monica Seles becomes the only Yugoslav male or female player to win a Grand Slam title after beating Jana Novotna in three sets. Great player, and we always wonder on the coulda beans what, you know. The coulda, woulda, shouldas, yeah. yeah. Especially what happened. You know, the bizarre bit of being stabbed by a spectator. We'll always wonder. 
Uh, great player in her own oh, right. Um, you know, obviously coming from a set down two, five seven in the first set, but then really powered through with a six three six one victory. Uh, Jana Novotna's again no mug on a tennis court either. But you're right. What would have been with Celis uh, had the stabbing not happened in Hamburg? It beggars belief that that actually did happen yeah. in professional sport. Very hard to come. Yeah, it's, it's you can't comprehend. Hard. Yeah, yeah, just ridiculous. Mate, uh, eighty nine uh, cricket. Alan Border takes. Seven for forty six against the West Indies. Yeah, the le- the left arm orthodox. You know, I, it's funny on the on the wickets which really turn. The left arm orthodox is quite the go, and I'm, that's why Agar's been picked. If they get an absolute Bunsen burner, because um, he doesn't turn it too much, and yep. you don't want that. And that's all AB did. Yep, it was just fly, it and it did turn. And but he was a better bowler than he gave himself credit for. Now that was going to what I was going to say. You've seen most captains or. You know, specialist batsman chucked the ball every now and then, but you're right, he, he didn't give himself enough credit for uh, what he was able to bowl. Uh, AB and Michael Clark both should have bowled themselves more. Yep. No doubt about that yep. whatsoever. Well, well Clarky though, had Warney in his back pocket and also McGrath for, for a little while there as well. So, you know, pretty handy players to hold down yeah. both ends. So I can understand why he probably didn't. But AB, yeah, I, I'm, I agree. I would have liked to have seen him bowl a little bit more. And seven for 46 is... Pretty good effort. Yeah, won Australia a test match. Absolutely. And moving on to our last, well, not so happy days, unfortunately, but we we would like to talk about it. But uh, basketball, LA Lakers uh, legend Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter tragedy in foggy conditions in Southern California. Yeah, look, it's easy in retrospect to say it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have happened, but it shouldn't have happened. Yep. It shouldn't have occurred. It shouldn't have been fine. I think it was a shock for a lot of a lot of people. You, you don't expect that, especially if you're, you know, absolute star athletes. And once again, he's regarded as one of the the best basketballers, or was the best basketballers going around. Yeah, he's definitely on my Mount Rushmore, that's for sure. Well, it's just a, a tragedy yeah. that shouldn't have happened. Agreed. All right, mate. Let's scoot into the big time extra finish. Extra time. A little bit of a personal one for you. We've got uh, some SNFL speaking to us, or AFL slash SNFL speaking to us. Yeah, look, I'm I'm interviewing Neil Baum at lunch for a lunch in Melbourne on Sunday, February nineteen. Uh, look, it's Adelaide Uni Footy Club past players, but anyone is welcome. The Rising Sun in Richmond, but look, anyone at all, it's there's no cover cost, it's just buy your meal and buy your own drinks for the day. Anyone interested at all, because I'll be honest, we need some more numbers, give us a call, 0414 678 815. As I said, 0414 678 815, anyone and everyone is welcome. Mate, if I could get over to Melbourne on that weekend, listening to Barmy talk uh, would be absolutely fantastic. And no cover charge, snitty, a pint of beer, and away you go. Yeah. You'd be pretty happy. So, uh, for any of our Melbourne listeners, I know we do have a few few out there. Hopefully, you can get along as, as well and support the event. Yeah, look, as I said, give us a call. Greatly appreciate it, mate. Yep. Uh, lawn bowls, mate, go for it. Yeah, lawn bowls here in SA. We'll talk about that first. Yeah. Uh, it's really lacking a lot of promotion at the moment. We haven't seen a lot generally uh, with the Facebook Lives and you know uh, the different yep. streaming services. You've at least got some sort of uh, event going on. But SA, we really haven't nailed down uh, any live streaming this year. But um, big tick to Grange and Lockleys. So this uh, Saturday night around about 6pm, they are going to be live streaming a game and they've done that off their own bat. Uh, you'd hope that the state body would, would take this on board as a little bit of an opportunity to potentially rearrange some of their Premier League games on a Saturday so that way streaming can be, be had. Certainly up on the East Coast through Queensland, a little bit through New South Wales, definitely through Victoria, huge amount of live streaming. It's on almost 24-7 at times. I'd really like to see South Australia get to that point where we are promoting the sport a little bit better than what we are. All sports have got to be smarter, utilise utilise the modern technology, do it at the time which suits the most numbers. Yep. Just got to all be better. And I think that level of interest, I mean, everyone wants to have a bit of a look and see what everyone's doing. Last year we had Super League where it was basically some of the best players in the state were, were competing against each other in a franchise-type format. 
you know, the publicity and the coverage on that was, you know, almost every week for six or, six or eight weeks. This year we've basically only had a couple of state finals that have been um, live-streamed. You know, we really need to do a bit better. There's some sports out there that are overtaking lawn bowls, especially when it comes to promotion and, and viewing via Facebook and, and all these other media uh, streaming services that we'd like to see just get a little bit better. Oh, and as I said, all sports. I'd have both footy and cricket. Yep. I would have, I come a pain in person. I would have, as soon as the cricket finishes, I'd leave the stumps in the ground and I'd have a junior game on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Every week. Yep. In terms of that way, people, bar, you know, you bar numbers, and it does not matter what game of sport you have on, people hang around. Just like... They were doing very successfully with football. The girls were, the ladies were playing on a Saturday night. Yes. And it actually made sense to utilise everyone in the one place, utilise your volunteers and all that. They're already there, yeah. And now it's been split up. I think it's an insane decision and just not thinking of the overall picture well enough. Yep. Hopefully that can change over a period of time and... Hopefully the right people who are in charge are maybe listening or maybe know somebody who, you know, would like to see a little bit more of it. I know I'm seeing posts online that are screaming out for a little bit more local content, that's for sure, especially when we're seeing stuff over in Victoria and Queensland on all the time. Uh, I know there are costs associated with some of that, but there's also a state body that, you know, really should be controlling a little bit of that. But well done to uh, Granger Lockleys for uh, trying to put on some sort of event this weekend. They did ask me to commentate, but unfortunately I'm already previously engaged on Saturday night. But um, hopefully they can do it again and maybe I'm either involved or yeah, I can I can way, also uh, stream as well. Yeah. All right, mate, we move on to – we'll come back to cricket. You're at Cowan Rolton Oval for the Scorpions. Yeah, pleasing it. Beat New South Wales on both days, Thursday and the Saturday. Uh, they're currently top. It's been really consistent batting where all the players uh, have like, – there's been three players, Courtney Webb, uh, Madeline Penner and Bridget Patterson have all made hundreds. Emma de Bruges has been a good contri- good contributor as mm-hmm. well, with a ball Amanda Jane Wellington and Gemma Barsby have been the main two there. But it was actually really pleasing and just aesthetically as a cricket nut on Saturday to go along. I think we had the big bash at the moment as they've built everything, and also because the fact the bats are so much better now, miss hits carry for six. Yeah, so it was just really good to actually watch an aesthetically pleasing with a. Some lovely cover drives, some correct defence played. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm old. I know I'm old fashioned, but yeah, and it was it was good. And a couple really of those it. names that you mentioned there, obviously part of the strikers WBBL um, winning team. Good to see them carry on and and really you know score a few runs. Uh, Bridget Patterson looked really good on Saturday. She only mm. got twenty odd because she'd made one hundred and fifty two in Perth uh, to get us up. At, Get us up there in a in a game in a big game there, which mm-hmm. actually finished in a tie and South Australia won in the Super over. Yep. Yeah, but Courtney Webb, they're just really impressive. The batting, like chase two seventy one. That's a fair effort. And get them with the the first ball of the forty seventh over. They just batted it really smart. It was very impressive. I'll be uh, keeping an eye on the Scorpions over the next couple of weeks, and hopefully those results can keep going our way. Yes, no, it was good. It was good. We. I think we're off to Hobart next Yep. before Queensland back here. Okay. Uh, AFL, mate, go for your predictions. Yeah, we're obviously in – we've turned the new year now and we're starting to get into the January period where uh, trial games are starting to happen. One's looking a million dollars on the track at the moment. All played well after each training session. But, yeah, a couple of predictions. I'm, I'm going to have a little bit of a look at the top four and maybe the bottom four at the moment and we might fill in the gaps over the next couple of weeks. I think the top four, you're probably looking at Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney. I'm just fighting for that fourth spot at the moment. I do see someone like a Richmond probably jumping back up into that echelon, which is about where we are. Um, And we hadn't conversed over this before the the episode, so there you go. So um, you didn't know that one was coming. They would probably be my top four at the moment. Uh, my bottom four, I probably see West Coast still being a little bit in that area at the moment. North Melbourne, Gold Coast. No, I've got Gold Coast higher. you got Gold Coast yeah, higher. I've got Hawthorne. Hawthorne. My that was one. my f- my fourth one was Hawthorne. So um, we've talked about, obviously, uh, you know, Sydney doing well last year and obviously getting touched up a little bit in the final and will it affect them? I don't think it will. 
I think they've got too much talented youth to still come through. Yeah, we know teams quite often do bomb after, away, yep. after losing a grand final, you know, and losing it convincingly. Yep. But no, I do see them as, as better than that. Look, I've got Collingwood falling away purely yep. because... The amount of games they won, won by under seven yeah. or eight points it was. And the stats show that quite often it can be the other way around the next year. So, yep. not... I'd, I, I think s- they're going to be around the eight yeah. mark, but I, yeah, I, f- I see them falling out of the top four. Yeah. Some interesting ones for me uh, that could slide into that third and fourth spot is probably Carlton and Melbourne. Probably Melbourne a little bit more than Carlton. I've got Port. Port Adelaide. Personally, I, I think they've recruited fantastically. Yep. I really rate Horn Francis. You know, I, I can see, you know, the whatever you want to call them, the terrific threesome or you know, Batman Robin and all that side of things, but. Him, Ro- Rosie and Butters, I just think could dominate. Yeah. There's a lot of ability there. Yeah, I, I just see Port just out of it at the moment. I think a lot of pieces have to come together. They do. And it is the first year that they are all going to be together. It's a big year for Ken Hinckley. Oh, it's massive. If, you know, they start, if they start poorly, geez, the Port supporters, are there. They've, they eat him alive now, let alone, yep. let alone if they start to struggle. Yep. It'll be entertaining if they do, that's for sure. Do you see a little bit of a logjam through that, say, two to seven? Oh, as uh, the best coach I've been involved with in terms of amateur leave and all that, John Griffin, his favourite saying, it's a very fine line, it's a fine line between pleasure and pain, yep. and I think it is. I think it's just a bit of luck, yep. injuries, you know, Hawthorne, Hawthorne losing Lewis is huge yep. in terms of strained ACL, which is a bit of a weird one. Uh, Wright getting injured for Essendon. When Essendon. Mm. Uh, so I think they're a couple of sides who can't afford too many injuries. Yep. A couple of new coaches on the horizon as well. Yeah, and Clarkson at North Melbourne. Let's wait and see. Yeah, what does um, that bring? Yeah. yeah, look, there's a fair bit of oomph about him at the moment. I'm probably not quite as convinced as... Some in that way, um, but I do think there's a fair bit of upside there. But Absolutely. I'm just not quite sure it's as much as the Clarkson yeah. effect. And Hawthorne have really gone down the massive rebuild yeah. track, which oh. can work. But also they've cut pretty deep as well, and we've seen the Crows do that over the last three or four years, and they're just starting to reap a little bit of the reward for that. But you know, hopefully they take another step as well. No, I can see Hawthorne right in the mix for the spoon. Yep. All right, mate, that ends a big episode once again. We always promise to do better, but we thank Jake Brown from Kensington for jumping on the phone tonight a little bit last minute. We had a couple of other guests lined up, but his record we had to have on the show at some stage, and uh, tonight was the night, so yes. And we might have an ex-AFL CEO with us next week. Well, fingers crossed, mate. I'll uh, leave that in your capable hands. Yep. We promise to do better. Thanks, mate. Thank you. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.